Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Kevin, and uh, I'm one of the elders here, and I'm really, uh, by God's grace, and uh, through His power, I'm, I'm getting the privilege to get to teach you this morning. And I'm really excited about it because um, uh, one of the reasons that I say that it's, it's by His grace and through His power is uh, I've actually been... Uh, pretty sick the last couple of days, and so you're probably not going to want to shake my hand now, but um, <laughs> it's amazing how God can show himself strong in our weakness. Um, I really thought uh, it wasn't going to happen. Um, there's a, we're going to have to do something kind of the old-fashioned way this morning. You're actually going to have to look in your Bible, or on, on this Bible in your app, uh, to follow along with me this morning. We don't really have it up on the screen. Okay, I promise not to lie to you again today, okay? <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, uh, the other evening, I got an opportunity. Um, it's an opportunity that, and those of you who are fathers, uh, especially of younger children, will understand, doesn't come all that often. They're, they're not as plentiful when, you're, when your children are young. These are times when you're alone, when you're by yourself, when you get to think, when you get to kind of not think. <laughs> and I got one of these opportunities. Uh, I actually got to go and sit in the hot tub. We live in an apartment right now, and, uh, you know, there's a hot tub there. So, now Rebecca was not feeling well. So I fixed dinner, you know, you know, took it to her, fed the kids, did all the stuff, cleaned up the dishes, um, and, and she goes to bed. It's about 7.30. I'm not ready for bed yet, okay? And the kids are getting ready for bed. You know, they've got their bedtime routine, so I, you know, I, I declared, do your bedtime routine. And so... Of course, they automatically do everything without being prompted, right? Yeah. So, anyway, I was counting on that, kind of. So I kind of got it started. I got the ball rolling. I saw that it was going, kind of like a bowling ball, slowly going down the lane. I thought, surely it's going to hit those pins. I don't have to see it happen. So I sneak out, and I go to the hot tub, and I sink into the warm water. Now, it's getting cool, right? It's autumn. I love this weather. And, 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 and so the, the, the water's really warm. And now I, I'm walking up. As I'm walking up, I'm like peeking around. Is anyone there? Is anyone there? Please don't want to be there. Because I don't want to be in a, you know, like you get in the hot tub, you always feel like you're crashing someone's party. And sometimes you are, you know. You can usually hear people whooping it up if, like before you get there if they're having a little party, a little hot tub party. No one's there. I've got the whole place to myself. I mean, I, this is unbelievable. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this. So as I sink in, I feel the contrast of the warm water with the cool, crisp air. I see the steam of the hot tub coming up. It's kind of dissipating several feet above the hot tub. So I have sort of my own little biome of comfort. 
and I begin to simmer in the hot tub. And, and, and this, is, this really is one of these times, it's, it's, it, I don't take them for granted anymore. Now, I only have two children, so I, listen, I, I'm not going to pretend that I understand how Darren feels. He's got seven. And I'm not going to pretend I understand how Chase feels. But I do have two kids, and they're younger, and so it takes more, you know, th- these are precious, precious moments. So I'm thinking, and I'm praying. I'm noticing the trees changing colors. Some of the leaves are gently shaking in the wind. Every once in a while, one falls. I mean, I am loving this. The sky is that fall kind of very, uh, it, it sort of looks platinum or silver, and, and, and there's some clouds, but it's, it's, not, it's not gloomy yet. And, of course, you have the smell of the chlorine tingling your nostrils. The water disinfecting you. It's kind of like taking a bath in Clorox or something. You don't have any bacteria on you when you get out, hopefully. But then, then it happens. I hear the faint buzz of the vibration of my phone. My phone's in my shoe, trying to protect it from water, you know. So my phone's over there in my shoe, and I hear that. I hear it. I freeze. Like it's going to go away if I don't move, you know. And the thing is, phones don't have, a, they don't have a way to indicate how important the call may be. I mean, if they're really smart, they do that, right? It, but they're not. It's just the same buzz for everything. Bzz, bzz. And I'm thinking, what is it? Is, is this a... Uh, <clears throat> you know, an important call? Or, or is it just one of those Facebook notifications? Someone just ate the most delicious hamburger ever and they took a picture of it, sent it to everyone. Or someone's on a health kick and they took a picture of a roasted artichoke or something. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't need to see this. I've seen all this. I know what I ha- I've had one before. I've had a hamburger before. I haven't had a roasted artichoke yet, but I've had a pickled artichoke. But I don't need to, I don't need to answer my phone for this. But I don't know. So I, I kind of pause, and, and I'm in the throes of indecision. Do I look at the phone or not? But then I think it might be important. So I look at the phone. And I reach over to get it, and at that point, everything that evening changes. And, and really, in my, you know... In my wildest imaginations, I never thought I would see the picture that I did see on the phone. Now, I want to go ahead and read, so let's go ahead and get up uh, Galatians 15 and 16. Can we go ahead and do that? So I'm glad we get to follow along up there. Uh, okay. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Christ, in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. All right. I just want to uh, kind of clarify it in verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Basically, Paul is... He's, he's continuing a conversation he started 
with, with the passages Luke preached on last week. And it's kind of like he's saying, you know, you get in a conversation with someone and they're telling you stuff and then they go, and another thing, and I'll have you know, and another thing. That's kind of what he's doing. And this is, a, this is a slightly different section, but it really is connected to what uh, Luke was preaching on and what we read last week in verses 11 through 14. And so he's continuing that. And he's explaining it again. That's why we hear Jews and Gentile again. And, he, and he's setting up, he's explaining that Jews have, uh, they, the, the Jews have a, had a, an advantage because they have the law and the prophets. And then the Gentile sinners, which is everybody else, they did not have the law and the prophets unless God's select people brought it to them, which was part of the, the whole purpose of, of God selecting a people. Now, I look at my phone and I stare at the image. Uh, it kind of paralyzes me uh, with, a, with a strange mixture of anger and sort of an unfounded shock. Can we go ahead and put that picture up real quick? Let's take, let's, there we go. Oh, yeah. There it is. I want you to study that for a moment. I don't want you to miss anything. As you. I say unfounded because if you know my son, whom you see in the picture there, uh, you know, I should have no reason to believe that, that this is not only possible, it's actually probable. If that, it's likely, it's highly likely that something like this could happen. But I was living in denial. I was delusional. I thought I could just flutter off to the hot tub and this wouldn't happen. Ah, but it did. Chase and Charlie understand this better than I do. They have beautiful little Levi, full of surprises. So I pull myself out of the hot tub, and I want you to imagine this. It, 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 was, like, it was like being birthed from, from the womb into the cold, hard world. So I'm wailing inside, right? Not outside. If I was, I wouldn't admit it, but on the inside, I'm a wailing newborn babe being pulled out, thrown into this broken world, and I'm making the journey. It's not a long journey, but it, it was. It felt like one of the longest journeys back to the apartment. I'm walking back, and I'm, think, I'm imagining the different scenarios, the, possible, the possibility, like uh, the different ways that this possibly could have happened. I, I'm thinking about what, what was actually going on there. Because this, this actually is not part of the bedtime routine. <laughs> so, you know, I saw the picture. My wife didn't, she sent this to me. She texted it to me. And she didn't need to explain anything, but, the, but there were very few words under it. And it just simply said, please come home. So, now we'll have to take a break from that. Let's go back to Galatians for a second. 17. I want to read this. Uh, 
I'll just go ahead and read. If you can find it in your, in your Bible, that's fine. And when he gets it up, that's good too. Uh, but if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For through the law I died so that I might live to God. So here Paul is continuing. And another thing. Because Luke, Luke really nailed it home. I mean, he did a, a beautiful job of describing how the law cannot save us. It could not and cannot. That wasn't its purpose. But now Paul is bringing in this new word. Justification. Um, because in 17 it says, but if in our endeavor to be justified. So he's bringing in this, new, this word justification to help explain. He's building, he's building his argument. And he's not going to quit till he's done. That the law cannot and could not save us. So let's talk about what justification is. I mean, we kind of, we know it sort of sounds like the word justice, you know. And we have our own idea of what justice is. I was thinking of all kinds of ideas of how justice could be served to my children. So what is justification though in the, in the New Testament sense? Well, justification in the Bible is a legal declaration that you are right with someone. Okay, that's, what, that's what justification is. And so that's what righteousness is. Righteousness in the Bible is not being right. It's being right with someone. That's what, that's what righteousness... So justification is being declared righteous. That's what it is. And so Paul's bringing this in, and he's using it to build his point. And, and so I, I just want you to, to think about this. Um, see, the law couldn't save us but it was necessary. See, we have laws in my house. We want to be good stewards with the things that we've been, that, you know, with which we've been entrusted, like gallons of milk. We don't toss them around. We have uh, laws about how, how we are to keep our room. We have a bedtime routine which has rules that, that end up with them being in bed, with their being in bed. That the, we, we have these laws. But I want you to think about what, what do these laws do in, in our relationship as mom and dad? What do they do? Do, do they make uh, them more or less my son and daughter? See, when I walked into that and saw the milk all over the, the carpet and the, and, the, and the floor, the law, I saw clearly the law had been broken. But had Maddox and Channing become any less my son or daughter? Had, had their actions changed our relationship with each other in that way. 
See, I was really tempted to come down from the mountain like Moses into that situation. Carrying the law and being as... Now listen, Moses, Moses is doing what God called him to do. But being what Paul calls in 2 Corinthians sort of a minister of death. Now, I mean... Get this, what, what that means is the law pointed out our sin. Well, the wages of sin is death. So Moses is kind of like bringing down the law, and it's basically, it's, it's like a ministry of death is what Paul calls it. He calls it that in 2 Corinthians 3, 7. That's what I wanted to do, death. Not really, but in miniature. But see, Jesus, Jesus comes down from a hill off of a cross, not with, a, with that law again, but he comes having fulfilled that law. See, let's look at 18 again. Can we get 18 up there? Yeah, there we go. For if I rebuild what I tore down... I prove myself to be a transgressor. So when Jesus is coming, he, when he, he comes down from the cross, down the, down the hill to a people, he's not a minister of death and the law. He actually defeated death. He tears it down. So why does he want to rebuild it again? He doesn't. He fulfills the law. That's really what it was pointing to in the first place. That's really what it was all about to begin with. That's why God called the people to himself. That's why God brought them the law to show sin. That's why God used Israel to minister to the rest of the world. And it's all because of Jesus. So really, my kids, you should have heard, I mean, you should have heard the, 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 the pathetic attempts to to explain what had happened, to justify themselves, right? Because isn't this what we do? It, it, it was just, it, it, they didn't do it on purpose. It, it, it was an accident. See, Maddox was trying to see, he was, he was doing a scientific experiment. And Channing was trying to teach him science. And, and he was just seeing if he could, the faster Maddox spins around, how high could the milk go? Well, there was something they didn't count on, and that is that it's a full gallon of milk. And Maddox's little hands lost grip. Which Channing pointed out, well, I mean, we did learn something, so... This is what happened. So, Dad, it wasn't, I didn't do it on purpose. So then they're thinking, like, listen, you know, when I walk in, the first thing Maddox says is, okay, Dad, you, you, I know you're going to scream. I guess I've lost my iPod for a week. I'll go to bed immediately after this. He's telling me about the punishments that he deserves. 
How many times have you done that? Why do you do that? Because you want to justify yourself. I'm going to declare my own punishment. And that way God will, I will be right with him. Well, by God's grace, and I really mean by his grace, I wasn't that minister of death or punishment. Now, I disciplined my children. And among those, you know, forms of discipline were that they scrubbed the carpet and the floor much longer than they really needed to. And, or, and were really any doing any good. But I made them do it for a really long time. And, of course, they paid for the milk. But, I mean, does this really work? Does this really, does it really undo anything, right? So here's what happens. It was a completely, this part wasn't even open here, top. The milk exploded from, from the side, right? And so what they were doing, and this is what we do as well, is just basically just, you know, trying to fix it. This is my daughter's, by the way. I don't... I don't have designer duct tape. I had the real thing, so. Tape it up there, right? Now, we've been to the Mayfield plant. Is that what it is? The, is that the milk company? I hope I have that right. Um, and watch the uh, milk being shot into the gallons. That can only happen once, right? You can only do that once. So, I mean, could my kids really fit? Could they really reverse the, the problem? Could they really undo it by themselves? Could they really tape up the side? Could they really get the milk out of the carpet and put it back in the carton? Can you identify with my son and my daughter? I mean, does your life look like this? Now, I, you know, it sounds funny, but I'm being serious. And it, does your heart look like this? Because you may not show it. No one may know. But is this what your heart looks like? Or your life may be evidence of this. I mean, you cracked, spilled, beyond repair. Listen, you can't put that milk back in. I don't care if you, I mean, you could spend hours and hours vacuuming it. What are you going to do? How is it going to get back in? You cannot do it. I mean, of course, we're steam, we steam clean the carpet, but it's, it's in the padding. I mean, we're trying to get it out, but I mean, it, it's clean. It's cleanable. We can, we can do something to kind of, uh, you know, remedy, but, but, but we can't really be the, we can't make the milk carton new again full of milk. We can't do that. So can you identify with this? I, I'm, I'm pointing this out because I want you to see how desperate your situation is. That's how desperate it is. You have more of a chance of getting the milk back in that carton than you have to justifying yourself. But you try to do it anyway. I try to do it. So let's read again. Uh, I actually want to go back to 17 just for a moment. Kind of revisit that for a minute. Verse 17. I just want to see that. It says, But if in our endeavor 
to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. Is Christ then a servant of sin? Certainly not. What does that mean? Well, people are, people are accusing um, th those who were declaring their, their freedom in Christ from old customs and traditions of man that, and that, that really were part of the law because the law could, there's moral law and then there's the sacrificial law. There were all these different uh, sections of the law. And they were saying, if you, you, if you don't follow the law and, and allow that to justify you, then what you're saying is you, could, you condone sin. That's what Luke pointed out last, last week. And so Paul's asking, well, wait a minute. It, so in our endeavor to be justified through Christ, in Christ, uh, but we're found to be sinners, does this mean that Jesus is a servant of sin? Now this is kind of a, this is a little bit of an allusion back to what I uh, pointed out in Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 3, that um, Moses was kind of a servant of, of sin, so to speak, because he was bringing the law down, which exposed our sin and death. And so he's saying, is, is this what Jesus does? He says, certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down. So he's saying, why, why would he do that again? Why would he need to rebuild that? He's already torn death down. So I walk in, and by God's grace, um, I don't scream like my son was just sure I was going to do. Um, I'm not doling out harsh punishments. And by, doing, by not doing that, am I condoning the sin? Am I condoning what they did? Am I saying, you know what, guys? It's okay. You know what? Do this again tomorrow. Let's make this a nightly part of your routine. Hey, nothing changes our relationship. I'll always be your dad. I'll always love you no matter what. So just do. Why don't y'all, you know, do something with honey or jelly and peanut butter? I don't know. Just be creative. Am I doing that? No, no, I'm not doing that. So I have a very pointed talk with my kids. But it gave me a good opportunity to try something I really only learned fairly recently is how to apply the gospel in those situation, situations, how to bring grace by, ex, by, by explaining to them, hey guys, you can't make this right. I don't care what you do. But I declare you right with me. Isn't this what Jesus has done? Because we've all, we're all the milk cartons. See, this, it happened in the garden in Genesis. It got spilled. It can't put it back in. So let's read uh, verse 20 through 21. Let's get that up there. All right. So this is the last two verses of the, of the passage. Of, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, 
but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Whoa, he really nailed it home right there. I mean, he, he, he ran it home. You don't nail something home. He really made the point there. I mean, he's, this is a letter to a church. This, these are the Galatians. They are, they are being tempted, and they're succumbing to the temptation of trying to justify themselves. By what? The law. And he's saying, uh, if you can do that, you nullify grace, and Jesus did what he did for nothing. I mean, that's hard. Much of my life, much of my life has been justifying myself, trying to, before God. And, and I, I suspect that this is true of you, that maybe not much of your life, but in your life you've done this. I mean, I'm, I, I suspect that you completely uh, identify with my kids and you identify with the Galatians. And Luke did a great job of describing all those different scenarios uh, last week. I'm not going to do that again. But this is what you look like when you do that. I mean, this is how absurd we are when we're trying to patch things up and we're trying to go back to God and say, look, see, I did this. You know, pour the milk back in. This is how, it's laughable. I mean, it's, it's absurd. But why, why do we do it? And Paul's asking the same questions to the Galatians. He's basically astonished that this is happening. Because it, it, this isn't good news. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. Um, I, I don't think I have it up, but it, if you want to look in your Bible, I'll just read it out loud. I didn't give this to Garrett. Um, but I want to read 2 Corinthians 17, uh, 5, 17, sorry. Chapter 5, verse 17. Okay. Therefore... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So imagine again if you've ever been to the milk plant, to the dairy plant, and you see, I love watching it, it's like the little... I like watching how it's made, too, because you always see a lot of that. The cartons going down the conveyor belt. It's all mechanical, robotic. It's really cool. But the milk is poured into the carton uh, for the first time, and then it's sealed, and it's brand new. It's brand new. And it's the only way to get, that, to get it like that. You, you, there's no other way to do it. I mean, you, you can't do it this way, okay? 
it has to be done there. It has to be done for the first time. And that is what uh, Paul is saying we are in Christ. We're that brand new shiny um, carton of milk. Sealed, new, fresh. And so we're not just taped up. We're not just sort of fixed. He says we're made new. So just here at the end before I pray and, and Luke is going to be um, leading us into communion and worship, I just want to read uh, 20, uh, verse 20 of Galatians, of our passage in Galatians. I just want to read that again and end on that. There we go. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, this is the part I really want to get. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What it means by living in the flesh is it doesn't mean living in your sin nature. That's not what that means. Uh, he simply means the life that I'm living uh, here as a, you know, in, in my tent of a body, in my flesh, is by faith, it's, it's in the Son of God. Meaning that I do, have, I do now have the righteousness of God. God has now declared me, legally declared me right with Him. He has not declared me right He's declared me right with him. There was only one right one, right? That was Jesus. There's only one right one. But we're right with him. So that gives us, you know, in a, in a practical sense, um, that is what is going to in, make it possible for my kids to not do things like this. This is what is going to make it possible for me to put sin down. Why? Because a perfect life was lived and now lives in me. So even though we see ourselves as this, that is not actually how God sees us. He sees us through the lens of what His Son has done and continues to do.